Hello from Calamo and, and thanks for checking out our video this week. Um, this week Chad Rogers of our preaching team is, is sharing his insights on how we can hang, handle our anger and how God helps us. And I pray that you find it interesting and helpful. And now, here's Chad. Hi everyone, Chad Rogers here with the Calamo preaching team to bring you this week's message. Have you ever been angry? Maybe you have just a little bit. I think we all have. Maybe you've had a time that you can remember when you really blew your top. Did you ever think about it afterwards? Like, man, what was I thinking? I must have looked really ridiculous. Well, today I'm going to talk about overcoming anger. We'll take a look at the different kinds of anger and the sources of our anger. We'll see how God can help us manage that anger and even see how to use it for good. Now Webster's Dictionary describes anger as a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. The philosopher Seneca once said, Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything unto which it is poured. But anger is a God-given emotion that can lead to either self-preservation or self-destruction. Anger under control can be used positively and productively, but out of control it can turn even the best of us into a raving lunatic. Now, anger has a good side, though. God himself got angry in a positive way when his people worshipped other gods and didn't obey his commandments. In Judges 2, 11-12, it tells us that the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and worshipped the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They followed other gods, from among the gods of the peoples, who were all around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. It was a righteous anger that God had, but the whole purpose of that anger was to show them redemption. He showed them that if they kept their sinful ways, they would live under the rule of those who would oppress them and plunder them. But if they repented, served God, and obeyed his commandments, they would live in the land of milk and honey. Well, Jesus showed us that righteous anger as well when he went to the temple and he drove out all those that were using it like a flea market. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he said to them in Matthew 21, verse 12, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. A first question of discussion here is, can you think of an example of righteous anger? Now with anger... It's the bad side of that that we need to get a handle on. You know, the first thing we need to do is to recognize that it is a problem. Uh, James tells us in, in uh, chapter 1, 19 through 20, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Now, we cannot be angry and live the righteous life that God desires. Anger can be a gateway to all sorts of other issues. 
I've heard the saying, anger is one letter short of becoming danger. And it's a really good way to remember what happens when we do become angry. That we get too close to or we even cross over that line into that danger zone. Anger can cause us problems in our relationships with our spouses, our family members, with our friends and employers. It can even cause us problems with God. It can cause us major life problems, such as losing our jobs or our homes, losing friendships, causing property damage, or in extreme cases, it can cause death. You know, above all these things, it can cause so much emotional and physical stress on the one who's angry, but that unresolved anger can lead to headaches and high blood pressure, heart disease, ulcers, insomnia, the list goes on. With anger, you can either learn to control it, or it controls you. I've had my own battles with anger issues in my life. You know, my job as an auto mechanic has caused me great stress. There's days when everything is good and everything you touch goes just right. And then you have those days when it seems like every single thing is going wrong. Everything that you touch just goes horribly wrong and it wants to fight you every step of the way. And then you blow your top. Now I've learned to recognize the signs before I get to that point. But I still have my days. You know, I'm just thankful that I have Jesus there to help get me through those days. Now, unlike Jesus, we don't have to worry about money lenders in the temple. But we may have to learn live with such things like, you know, tailgaters or that person in the 20 items or less line that has a shopping cart that's overflowing or someone who doesn't like to use their turn signal. You know, I've read that anger is a physical response to an emotion. It's the body doing things such as increasing our blood pressure, tightening our muscles. Your brain's response is causing a large dump of adrenaline and cortisol, preparing your body for a fight or flight situation. It's a physical state that God uses to pre prepare you to defend yourself in times of danger. I can remember feeling this exact way while bear hunting in Canada. I was in the middle of nowhere, no connection to any other human being. I got dropped off after a 30 minute quad ride on a two track and got sat in a tree. The only thing I had with me was a bow in my hand and a sandwich in my backpack. And then I had bears climb the tree with me. They were climbing the tree because they smelled me. They felt the danger. It was natural. My response was natural also. What's well, a great response in that situation, but it's not so great when you find yourself yelling at your wife and your child. You know, the thing about anger is that it's not our primary response. You know, it's God's signal to us that something is wrong. It's no different than when that pesky check engine light comes on on your dash. There's a computer in your car is telling you, hey, there's something wrong here. You know that noise that you've been hearing for a while? That one that you kept turning the radio up louder so you couldn't hear it? Yeah, I'm going to turn this little light on here until you fix it. Because there's something wrong. Now, physical or mental hurt can cause us much anger also. You know, a good example of this is the story of Cain and Abel. 
Cain was hurt when the Lord accepted Abel's offerings of the firstlings of his flock, their fat portions, while the Lord rejected Cain's offering of the fruit on the ground. He was so angry, he was so upset of that rejection that he murdered his own brother. And it wasn't Abel's fault. He was just on the wrong side of Cain's anger. A frustration can be another cause. And this is the one that usually gets me into trouble. Whenever we run into unmet expectations or a loss of control in a situation, it can cause anger. When our children won't listen or when things aren't going right at work. Why do we get mad when we're stuck in a traffic jam? It's because we have no control over it. Pastor Jerry gave a great example of frustration a couple weeks ago with the story of Naaman. If you can remember, Naaman had leprosy. And he thought that he could take some of his gold and his silver to the prophet Elisha and that he would heal him of his disease. But Elisha told him pretty much to go jump in a creek. Well, he said go wash himself in the dirty Jordan. Not once or twice, but seven times. Naaman was angry because of that. He was angry because his expectation was not met. He was frustrated that Elisha didn't do what he wanted him to do. A self-inflicted anger can be another cause. When we get out of sorts with God, we open that door to spiritual and emotional thorns and thistles that often lead to anger and cause self-inflicted wounds or even the wounding of others. Now, way too often, we have that my way or the highway attitude. When we feed our wants at the expense of others, it often results in angry actions, especially when we don't get what we want. Anger can also come from a self-controlled life. You know, if we can't even hold in a sneeze, how in the world can we hold and control or suppress that anger? If we try to control everything ourselves, how do we keep from having those blow-ups? We can't. We need to give that stuff to God. Because unless our emotions are under the control of the one who created them, we'll always be in danger of that next blow-up. So how can we control that anger? Well, figuring out why we are angry is the first step. We need to take personal responsibility for it. When we look at why we're angry, it's a big step towards overcoming that problem. Ephesians 4 verse 26 can help us with that. It says, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. And I think that basically says this. Don't let your positive anger that you use for good turn to negative anger that goes to bad. Don't let negative anger go unresolved. And don't let that devil take control of your emotions. Instead, give them to God. Anger is also a chosen response. No one can really make you angry if you think about it. You can always choose not to be angry. And I've got an example here for you. How many times have you been in the middle of an argument or an angry tirade when the phone rings 
and we answer it in a really nice voice. Hi, how are you? We really can turn our anger off anytime we want to. But that's the problem, isn't it? We don't want to. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. God gave us two ears and one mouth, and we should use them accordingly. Think before you speak, and when in doubt, don't. You can always say something later, but you can never unspeak the words once they've left your mouth. Now I have to tell my son this all the time, as most children are like that, preteens. They don't think about the words that they say. It reminds me of the story of the nails in the fence. I'm not sure if you've heard it before, but there once was a little boy who had a very bad temper. One day after an angry outburst, his father gave him a bag of nails and he told him that every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail into the back of the fence. The first day, the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence. Over the next few weeks, as he learned to control his anger, the number of nails hammered daily gradually dwindled. He discovered it was easier to hold his temper than to drive those nails into the fence. Now finally, the day came when the boy didn't lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and the father suggested that the boy now pull out one nail for each day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. All of them had been removed from the fence. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence. He said, you've done well, my son, but look at all the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, they leave a scar, just like the nails have in this fence. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out. Won't matter how many times you say you're sorry. The wound is still there. The little boy then understood how powerful his words were. He looked up at his father and he said, I hope you can forgive me, father, for the holes I put in you. Of course I can't, said the father. Have you ever felt like that child in the story? Can you remember a time when you look back and see the result of your anger? I have. When I look back at some of the things I've said in my younger years, some of the things I've done, I feel like every time I was driving the nail into Jesus' hands and feet. Every time I sinned out of anger, it was another swing of the hammer. And now I ask the same question that that little boy did. I hope you can forgive me, Father, for the holes I put in you. So how can anger be positive? It gives us the courage to defend ourselves or those we love. It can motivate us to improve the world by inspiring social action and justice. It warns others not to take advantage of us, and it's a powerful survival tool. When I talked a little bit about righteous anger earlier. 
You know, we heard in Ephesians, be angry, but do not sin, which means anger is not always sinful. You know, God expresses righteous anger. In fact, the Bible speaks of over a hundred times of God's anger. Now, obviously, God doesn't sin, and so anger is not sinful in and of itself. You know, Moses demonstrated righteous anger over the people's rebellion with the golden calf. And David, he demonstrated it when Goliath mocked the true God. So it's okay to get angry when you get angry about the right things in the right manner. The anger is righteous when it does good rather than harm. So what are some ways that God can help us manage our anger? Well, we can ask for God's help. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We cannot fix this problem on our own. We need God's help. Ask God to heal your hurts. Stop trying to control everything and give God your frustrations. Let go of the fear and learn to trust God instead. Learn to recognize the warning signs. Remember, God gives you warning signs, just like that check engine light in your car. The Bible says there is power and knowledge and understanding. And the more we understand how our anger works on us, the more we learn to ex exercise restraint. Learn to resolve your anger quickly. The book of Ephesians says, don't let your sun go down while you're still angry. Now there's an old Latin proverb based on this verse that says, he who goes angry to bed has the devil for a bedfellow. Don't stay angry. Resolve it. Pray about it. Talk with a friend. Talk with a co-worker. Talk with someone that you trust or you feel comfortable with. God's put puts people in our lives for this very reason. Just don't let the anger build up and burn you up from the inside. We can practice forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Just because you got it off your chest doesn't mean it's not still in your heart. Learn to say, I'm sorry when you're wrong, and practice forgiveness when the other person is wrong. And lastly, be good fruit. Ask God to develop the fruit of the Spirit in you. The fruits of the Spirit are those positive character traits God builds in you through the Holy Spirit to replace the negative traits that lead us to sin. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Almost every single one of those will counteract anger in your life. It's hard to be angry when you're practicing love. It's hard to be angry when you're full of joy. It's hard to be angry when you have peace or when you're being kind. It's hard to be angry when you practice gentleness, 
and self-control. Let us pray. Dear Lord, help us to be more like you at all times. Your word tells us that everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Father, help us to be more patient instead of short-tempered. Help us to not give in to that anger, but produce good fruit of the Spirit so we can glorify you through our good works. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this message. And this week, I'd like to remind you of our prayer challenge. Take maybe five minutes a day and pray for these topics here. Pray for God's help. Ask God to help you with your frustrations. There's nobody better to give them to than to God. Pray for clear vision to recognize your body's check engine light. It's so much easier to get through our anger if we know what's causing it. Pray for resolve. Talk to a friend, co-worker, somebody close to you about your anger. Pray for forgiveness. To forgive those that have caused you anger. And pray for the ability to show the good fruit that is within you. That's all for now. Thanks again. Bye. I hope that you've enjoyed Chad's message for us about anger and found it to be interesting and helpful. If you'd like more information, please reach out. You can call or text me at 517-588-8415. You can put a comment in the, in the chat box for this post. Or you can always use the Calmo connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. However you'd like to reach out, we'd love to hear from you or just say hi. Let us know what you think. I'm your neighbor, Jerry, pastor at Calmo Church. Have a great day, have a great week, and bye for now.